Hey everybody, welcome on back to Late to the Party with Travis Tate, a two-man comedy podcast about all of the things us two goombas should have gotten around to by now. I am Jake Dahl, man of the hour, I'm going to say it, uh, across from me as always Tower is of power. the man of all hours. Hey everybody, I'm Travis Tate, how's it going? Hey everybody, I'm listening out there, I'm hearing good response. Alright, thanks for coming on out tonight, I appreciate you being here. A little something about me. Just kidding. Uh, just <laughs> going into MC no, mode. No, don't. I'm not letting you by. Give us a give us a Travis fact. A Travis fact. Yeah, sure. Oh wow, a Travis fact. Uh, I own three pairs of uh, uh, Doc Martin shoes because I never owned any when I was when I was a kid, and I always wanted some. So as an adult, I've treated myself to three pairs. Nice uh, colors. Oh, uh, they're all brown. All brown. They're all brown. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I had I got a pair of black ones when I was like you know teenager in the nineties. I had a red pair, and now I have another black pair. Do they still make Jerbo jeans? I, I, that's always been on my Jerbos. I don't know, but I have looked up. <laughs> I kind of would like to get me another pair of Doc Martens, but never quite get around to ordering them. I get them at Famous those. Footwear on clearance. Oh yeah. They're like sixty-five bucks. I guess I should uh, yeah. check that out. I, yeah. I just look on the website. I'm going to get them imported, and you know. I've had one of those pairs for seven years since I started stand up. Yeah, the ones yeah. the ones that I have. I mean, they're flat. I can, you know, I'll wear them out every once in a while when I'm a fancy lad, but <laughs> like my feet will hurt later on in the evening. Right. That's why I'm wearing uh, some uh, Converse, which are even more uncomfortable. Yeah. Good. And on you. Impossible to walk through the rain. If they're wet, you're you're just gonna die. Might as well wear a helmet. They should just sell you. You know how sometimes they'll sell you like socks to go with your shoes, or maybe you need these special <clears throat> shoelaces. They should just sell a helmet because <laughs> you're gonna get a concussion. Hey, everybody! Hey, Travis fact number one. Try you. You have been listening to Travis facts. What episode is this, Jake? Oh my gosh. You told me, you told me, and I wrote it down, and we just got going. It is episode 24. Beep, 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 beep. That's a, that's a 24 reference. I was going to say, as discussed previous to this, uh, I've never <laughs> watched an episode of 24. Uh, I saw most of season one. I have weird, I have on odd blind spots in my TV watching, as you know, as you well know. It just became a bit much. Like I know people were obsessed with it when it first came out. Yeah. But I don't know, watching it after the fact, it's okay. It's not a bad show or anything like that. It's just... I think a lot of it for me is, I think uh, even that far back, I had cut the cable. And so anything, oh, wow. network, anything network, I just never watched. As soon as Netflix had a streaming service, I was done. I remember when Netflix started streaming and I was like, this is a fad. This isn't going to last. <laughs> no, I knew I knew it was gold and... It's only gotten worse since then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Speaking of Netflix. What up? There was a cancellation this week. Oh, no. What is it? Yep. Iron Fist is done. Iron Fist, I barely knew ye. Yeah, which is funny because uh, I was talking to my son about it, and he said season two is actually a pretty good step up from the abysmal season one. Well, that's good that they improved on it. I guess. From what I read, it sounds like he's going to show up in, in the other. Maybe he'll... 
be Luke Cage's uh, sidekiss. Sidekiss? Ooh. Ooh well. Whoa. Ha ha. Hmm. Boy, the nerds won't be happy about that. No, that would definitely burn down the internet. <clears throat> no, I I was curious about that. I hadn't looked that far into it. I just heard it was canceled. But him... He'll at least he, show up in Defenders or something like that. I'm so. real, I am honestly wondering if Defenders is going to have a second season. Uh, probably. I mean, I don't see why they would I So... Here's the They're thing. looking for content. Here's the thing you don't know about. You don't know what Telltale Games is, do you? It sounds familiar. Have you ever seen any of those uh, adventure games like The Walking Dead or The Guardians of the Galaxy or The Wolf Among Us or yeah, the uh, Minecraft story mode? Uh-huh. Uh, a company called Telltale Games. I think I have those. Minecraft story mode. Uh, they, they're, generally speaking, most of the stuff they do is pretty good. Um they had great success with the first Walking Dead game, and the company exploded. It was it was insane. They kept taking on, like I said, they they took on the Fables license, which is comic book. Uh, they did the Minecraft story mode. They did the Wolf Among Us, or I was just saying that Fables, the Wolf Among Us. Um, Not the Wolf of Wall Street no. video game. They did a uh, story <laughs> game for the Borderlands games. They did. Uh, Batman one that was pretty good. Uh, one of the better Batman things I've seen in a while. Well, did it feature Val Kilmer as Batman? No, I think it, I think it actually had Robert. I think it's Robert Conroy is the guy who's the iconic voice. I think he did it. Yeah, it's Kevin. Kevin. Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, it's not Robert. What is it? I was thinking of Robert Conrad. Probably <laughs> Robert Conrad from no. Jingle All the Way. Yes. <laughs> am I thinking of the same guy as Robert? Con- am I- I think of him as over the tops, Robert Conrad. Is that correct? Maybe. Maybe we're thinking of somebody different. Yeah, whatever. Uh, at any rate. You Google it. Do some work around here, listener. At any rate. Pick up the pace. Uh, a few months ago, uh, it came out that, because it was just insane. They had, they had the Guardians of the Galaxy license. Like You keep thinking, like they must be doing great to have this stuff. And uh, about a month ago, the company completely folded. As they do. In a, in a really bad way, or really bad for their employees' way. They and forgot never, to save? It just turns out they just kept making... Oh, no, it is not who I thought it was at all. <laughs> Robert Conrad is uh, just a TV actor. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Yeah, was he like uh, Barnaby Jones? No, Bar- not Barnaby Jones. Was he in Jingle All the Way? Let me see. Uh, yeah, he was in Jingle All the Way. He okay. was the cop. I'll have to figure out who I'm thinking Sinbad, Sinbad calls him Barnaby Jones. The point being, the point being with Makes Telltale me is they they kept like they kept chasing that that uh, Walking Dead success, mm-hmm. and they kept taking on big projects that were gambles. They were chasing really the Walking Dead. That sounds like series number three, chasing so, um, the Walking Dead. I was kind of wondering if Netflix is in a similar position with their Marvel stuff, where they've. I don't. I don't think it's like they haven't had success, but. Like, they've never quite had that Daredevil season one success. Well, I think Luke Cage has done pretty good. Uh, Jessica Jones is kind of like a sleeper kind of thing. Right. Uh, I don't don't know anybody who really had a lot of good things to say about Defenders. Uh, I think Punisher did real well, but you just don't hear about it a bunch. I think they... So they I wonder probably just spread themselves a little thin. That, and that's on. what I'm saying is I wonder if they, they're kind of hitting a, a point where they realize, like, ah, we should... I'm just, I guess, of opinion that I think, you know, I think getting rid of Iron Fist and making it more of a cameo thing is good, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, 
if Defenders doesn't make the cut either. Well, maybe they just made them. I think we talked about this. Maybe the series are just a little too long. They're like 12 episodes. I didn't even have to finish Googling it. I remember who I was thinking. I was thinking of Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. Ah, that sounds very familiar. Because it really feels like he was It sounds like a dirty name. Loggia? Yeah, Haka Loggia. So, anyway, goodbye, Iron Fist. Goodbye, Iron Fist. We didn't, we barely knew you, and what we didn't know of you wasn't really ringing any bells. You punched a hole through my heart. Yeah. Hiya. <laughs> Transition. Transition. So, I wanted to talk a little. I saw a poster for the Arrowverse crossover. I think I saw something. Was it uh, Flash with a Beard? Well, here's the deal uh, Barry Allen is the green arrow and oh, oliver queen is the flash look like that hey hey let's mix it up a little so didn't, i don't, didn't even register with me i don't know if something resets their universe or if they go to another I, universe and I just interact thought, with oh something bad versions. must have happened to the flash he grew scruff that's what happens in shows right <laughs> yeah but uh so that seems like it's going to be pretty cool also superman will officially be a part of it and they showed a picture of him wearing a black Superman suit. Is it, is it going to be the guy from Supergirl, or are they getting... Yeah, it's the, it's the same guy. That oh, okay. He's been in a few episodes of Supergirl. He's not in it very much. More or less just to Am I wrong, move or things along. after the death of Superman, when Superman asked Superman came back, it was the black suit? Is that right? I remember that, yes. Because that was... I We were talking about it. I watched the death of Superman animated, and one of the chief things I got out of that... Out of that was at the end, after Superman was dead, but rose from the grave, much like Jesus, they had the whole bit. I had forgotten about how they had a bunch of different bootleg Superman stuff going on in the wake of it. Like, like Steel like and Superboy. Steel, and Superboy. There was another uh, one. They had the, there was the red and blue Superman, which I don't... That was like 10 years later, though. Was it that? Was it really? Yeah. That was... I never really even found out what the deal was. There was some weird, like, half-robot Superman. Uh, was it, it was like Cyborg Superman. That like, yeah. doesn't seem to be what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you, really, the, I, I, in my memory, because I, I, I didn't pay that much attention, I always thought that it was, uh, that was the way they kind of brought him back, was they had the weird red and blue Superman, and somehow they merged. Like, oh, it was... No, that was way different. Superman asked Superman all along. That was Superman... I don't know what the deal was with that. I honestly don't know. I wasn't reading comic books at the time. I was just aware that that was going on. But one thing about the the Arrowverse is Supergirl takes place on another Earth. So Supergirl isn't regularly with them. It usually takes some big event for them to... They accidentally found her in the first place. Barry was running so fast that he ended up on Supergirl's Earth. I've seen a little bit of that stuff. That stuff is really good. Barry and Supergirl together. Yeah. They've got great chemistry. Good chemistry. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to go on with with Black Superman or... Why do people like Arrow so much? Arrow... (sighs) Again, I I kind of watch... I catch a little bit of this stuff here and there. And every time Arrow gets there, Arrow feels like the Iron Fist of those where it's kind of like everyone's like, "Uh, this guy's a little bit of a bummer. It started out at first as basically a revenge show. It was just him getting revenge on on people that were doing bad things. He had a list that his dad made. So he was trying to get everybody. It was like, my name is Earl at list, except he was killing them. Um, <laughs> my name is arrow, but it's kind of evolved into my now. Name is Ollie. Now it's a team. He's the mayor. Uh, all this stuff. Going arrow on. is the mayor. At least 
at least in the last season. I'm still catching Diamond up. Diamond Ollie Queen. I'm still catching up from last year. So Weird. But it, it's a decent show. Flash is definitely more I can't really upbeat. criticize that much. It's just that hearing these huge, crazy things in a vacuum is like, he's the mayor. <laughs> mayor. Yeah. It is funny because he was always able to come up with these like insane gadgets and things like that. Yeah, in the last season, he's trying to help his son, who's in junior high, with his math homework, and he's talking about how dumb he is, and he can't figure that stuff out. So uh, Felicity, his girlfriend, who is a math genius, helps the son out. But I'm just thinking, how did you get all that, yeah. all those doodads on your arrows you need, in, in season one? You need a little bit of that, or if you're that dumb. I mean, I'm that dumb, but also I'm not putting doodads I mean, on a, arrows. There's a there's something to be said about just plain accuracy, but once you get them all. <laughs> I assume this is a thing in Arrow. Once he's got them all bouncing around and like you know shooting at a corner and it <laughs> flies around and hits somebody in the back, like you got to do some trigonometry there. Like death shot. Sure. Is it dead? No, it's dead shot. You know Will Smith, dead shot. Yeah, Will Smith. Where he's bouncing the bullets off of stuff. Was he doing that? I, I think so. In the movie, wasn't he bouncing it off? I of remember things? so little of that movie. <laughs> There's some good stuff in that movie. I, I stand by it. We, we've, we've had that talk. So we got that exciting stuff. Uh, I, I read that Nightwing is going to be getting a new name in the comics. A new name in the comics. Yes. Dick Grayson apparently was shot in the head and thought to be dead. Figure out another word, maybe red. Um, he lost all of his memories. And so he's, he doesn't really know who he is. And apparently he's going to be going by Rick Grayson. (laughs) Are you, are you kidding me? That's what I read. That's what I read online. So instead of Dick Grayson, I think this is a clear cut case of (laughs) Dick shaming. (laughs) They're changing his name because of the word Dick and it like Dick has been around for a long time. You should name the event. You don't know Dick. Like in the, I just watched the bad blood cartoon. We were talking about it before I, they kept calling him Grayson. They hardly ever called him Dick. Like, hey, Grayson, what are you doing? You know, because he was Nightwing in that. Nightwing. They hardly ever said Dick. <laughs> so I think they're trying to phase phase Dick out, kind of like Rick Hollywood. Grayson. Yeah, he's going to be Rick Grayson. It's kind of a dick move, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Rick Grayson. It, 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 so it, it sounds like he... Is he still going to be Nightwing, or, or are they going to change it to Nightwing? Yeah, I think he's still Nightwing. Maybe it's right, right, right Wing. I oh, don't no. Know. He's going to become Right Wing? <laughs> right Wing. Gross. <laughs> so Google out everybody. Rick Grayson. <laughs> Rick Grayson. Rick Grayson. As Right Wing, fighting the immigrants of the city and... All kinds of garbage ass stuff. <laughs> While we're on the the subject of uh, of Dicks. DC stuff, yes, Dicks, D- Dicks in DC. I found some interesting things. Uh, I've been watching the Supergirl movie. I've got about twenty minutes left of it. Which one? From nineteen eighty four. Oh, how, I, I got it on Netflix. I don't think I ever saw that. It is bananas. Well, it's crazy. What does she fight in it? She fights a witch, and it's. Uh, it's uh, God, what's her name? I'm, I'm running through head Rolodex and seeing if I can. Mommy Dearest. Who is Mommy Dearest? Uh, oh, wire hangers ever. Is that Jessica Lang? No, it's not Jessica Lang. It's the other. Uh, God, what's her name? There's a lot of this going on in the show. What's her name? What's his name? Anyway, she's the villain. 
and she's a witch and she's terrible. Faye Dunaway. It's Faye Dunaway. I just I just thought of it. She's the bad guy. It's insane. She and shows up. Correct. She, Selena. She jumps out of the pod. The teenage witch, you say? Yep. Freaking Peter O'Toole is in it. Yeah, Peter O'Toole is in it so far that I have seen. Mia Farrow is in it. They're both in it for two minutes. This is a star-studded cast. It really is. But the movie is bananas. She comes down in the pod because she's chasing after some power source that she accidentally knocked out of their little space village. Yeah, they're floating through space. This is the last Kryptonians, apparently. Matt Frewer is in it. Yeah, Matt Frewer plays a, a potential ra- rapist. Max Headroom is in it. Yes, he he's he's a potential rapist. He tries to. That to, sounds like a tries pretty... to rape Supergirl. You know what? Hey, <laughs> it's a PG it? movie, by the way. So many bras. Let's have a. a, a she goes non, to college. Let's have a non moment of silence <laughs> for poor Matt Frewer looking the way he is. Like, besides Matt Max Headroom. Matt Frew is always going to get the role where he's the creepy guy. Uh, he was in... Have you ever seen Eureka? No. It's actually a, a pretty fun show. It was on USA. It's a bunch of geniuses. He was on that. He had a pretty decent role I don't role think he got that. all of those he roles. He played an like, Australian guy. I think in the TV movie for The Stand, he was in that, and he played a pretty creepy role. Also, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He was the bully neighbor. Was he? Yeah. Huh. He bullied Rick Moranis. Poor Rick Moranis. Oh, poor but this Rick movie's Where bonkers. We need my you point, more than ever, Rick My Moranis. point is, uh, the the girl that played Supergirl has grown up now, and I didn't realize this. She plays uh, Eliza Danvers in the Supergirl TV series. She's, Helen Slater? Yeah. she's. You the, know what? I, I will say that about DC she's also. She's the Earth they, Mother. DC is really good about giving people, or just DC Properties is has been pretty good about giving people... Like who were a part of right. something like that before a job like uh, I'm, I'm Johnny Blank a name right now. The guy who's the Adam in it now was it was a Superman uh, was the oh yeah um, I'm stuck on Henry Cavill. Oh my gosh, Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's fun. And uh, also, hey Travis, did you know Brooke Shields was the first choice for the role of Supergirl? I could see that. She is a brunette in a great portion of the movie. So that's her, that's her undercover. She instantly changes clothes like that. Like then her hair color and everything. She like walks behind a tree and she's wearing different clothes. Sure. Yeah. Why not? That's her superpower. I'm, I'm of a firm believer in it's 2018. Let's let go of Clark Kent and Superman look way the same. There's, there's just one point. Just let go. Let live in that reality. They're like, it's okay that they look the same. There's one point where she's sleeping in the forest because she hasn't met any earthlings yet. And like a little squirrel comes and wakes her up. And I was like, Oh no, here we go. She's she's a squirrel girl. She's a princess. Oh, (laughs) hello, little friend. How are you? Are you lost? Do you know where seven little men live? So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, Supergirl? Well, I've still at? got 20 minutes still to got, go, but you think 20 so minutes far, bring you around? it is two thumbs squarely in different directions. It's a banana, bananas movie. It's a lot of fun to, to laugh at. <laughs> it's it's two, two shrugs up. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. So, it, I don't know. It's fun. If you like watching bad movies, hit it up. Hey, do you want to hear about movies that are just okay? Yeah. Because Gabe and I went and saw Venom. Venom? Venom How is... How was it? It's aggressively okay. Aggressively okay? It's aggressively <laughs> just fine. Uh, you know, I I kind of wanted to go and have it be 
an utter disaster and it's it's definitely not a good movie is it pushing utter disaster but pulls himself back just enough it kind of it's a it's a kind of strangely imbalanced movie if it has some it has some redeeming qualities. One of the one of the so, qualities I wanted to can talk I ask about, you this real quick? Does it do. does it seem like one of those things like uh, say Spider Man three, where the filmmakers you know and the actors had a vision of something and then the studio came in and said, "Oh no, we want this," and not, just kind of you know you you're not the first person that kind of gets a little into that that I've read has gets in thing of saying like Venom is it's a '90s quality movie. <laughs> It, wow. that, that's not a condemnation. The first, okay. you know, the first two Spider-Man movies happened in the nineties, and they're they're both fun watches. True, but they don't they don't really like the, that. Was a point in superhero movies where they were trying to get it right, and those were the closest things to getting it right we had at that point. For a while, uh, Spider-Man Two was considered one of the the best superhero movies ever I made. I haven't gone back years. and watched it, but I. I still feel like I'd go back and watch Spider-Man 2 and go like, eh, that's, that's pretty good. Had Joey Diaz in it. Is Joey Diaz in it? Where is he, he He's one it? of the people on the train, you know, when he when he stops the train. Yeah. And he he it, it takes so much energy to stop the train. He's unconscious. And Doc Ock comes to get him and all the all the people oh, on he, the train. Is he the, the, the like cab driver? Like, hey, you leave Spider-Man alone. No, he said, like, he steps in front and says something like, you'll have to go through me. You, you fight Spider-Man, you fight New York. <laughs> that, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that also. Uh, I played that Spider-Man game on PS4. Mm-hmm. There's a callback to the subway thing in that game. Oh, really? Game. Yeah. It's... I heard some people are complaining about that game that's because Spider-Man's a narc. Like he's calling out like people you know, buying pot. <laughs> I don't I don't think I, I've heard that. He talks about that uh, people who deal drugs are his least favorite people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess if you want to look at us in a society, <laughs> we're at an interesting place with certain drugs. I just assume he's talking about ultra meth when he's talking about people who are dealing drugs because Fair enough. Like when you've whenever you've seen movies like that, I mean they come up with their own, you know, like People on the street are doing scuzz. We gotta yeah. stop. They, they come up with their own brand, and it's always like the they had worst. one of those on Arrow for a while. It was a super drug. Cody Rhodes was actually the the dealer of it. Uh, Stardust. Yeah, Stardust was was the dealer. I was looking him up last week. I really loved the whole Stardust thing. I did I too. I thought it was. And I don't fun. think I the stuff I read about the thing is I can't figure out I can't figure out whether it was Cody Rhodes just didn't like being Stardust or is it just that. The WWE never gave Stardust a good shot. He was Intercontinental Champion he for was, a while. For my, with Not my as whole, Stardust, but... With my whole love of like video game stuff, Cody Rhodes really likes video games. And he's done some interviews as Stardust with like video gamey people that I like. <laughs> right. And I always love seeing him. He t- you know, People would ask him about his love of games, and he'd relate Zelda to the cosmic key that he was searching for, and it was really fun. <laughs> I think he at least had some fun with it. I, I went to a live event where it was... Stardust and Goldust as a tag team. Yeah. And Stardust was kind of a little bit evil and Goldust was the good guy. And Goldust brings out a box and he wants to give free shirts to the crowd. And Stardust like stops him and says, No, and he like kicks the box out of the ring and it goes <laughs> it goes flying across the arena. <laughs> it was a good bit. They just didn't they didn't give it a good chance. Yeah, it was fun. But the whole <sighs> The whole narc thing. There's been a criticism of that Spider-Man is working with the cops a lot in the game, mm-hmm. which again we're also at an interesting place with cops. True. So, you know, I'm 
I am not the right person. I'm not the right person to make a great commentary on that. <laughs> but I look at it and go like, hey, you know, guys, it's a Spider-Man game. It's not. Yeah. It's. It's by and large not reality. So yes, he's he's helping cops. He's helping that version of cops that McGruff the crime dog tries to tell you about. The cops that you know we know don't kind of don't exist. I think that's somebody that went from Grand Theft Auto to let me try this Spider-Man game. And it's no, like, I mean, gotta separate hey, them. Look, man, I, I, as stated mere moments ago, I love video games. I listen to and read a lot of stuff on video games, and with, like with a lot of entertainment stuff, there's kind of, there's kind of a cachet. There's an it, its own industry of like think pieces about video games, and I've read and listened to a lot of people who give me uh, new perspectives. Like, they, they look at things socially, justice type things mm-hmm. in entertainment in general. And I get to have a fresh perspective. Like, oh, I haven't thought about it that way. And you're kind of right. I think, I think I actually read today that Kristen Bell was saying something about, you know, uh, you know, you look at these old Disney movies and things like, uh, you know, the prince kisses Cinderella without her knowing him at all. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're in love and married. And I... I don't know, is this the kind of right message we... And the knee jerked it to that. So it was like, oh, you know, the Cinderella's okay. Why you, why you millennials got to be like that? But, you know, the, we, grew up in a, we grew up in a completely different attitude of that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of weird when people try to go back and judge the past on how we feel today. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't necessarily always work because... So maybe you want to come together of... You know, we grew up and to some degree we're okay. Maybe we're not. I don't know. I mean, I'm I am broken in many se- you know several spectacular ways that may be upbringing. Who knows? Right. I think things change for a reason. I mean, we do evolve, and it, just because we're at a point. I mean, I wish we were at a point where everybody treated each other with respect, but we we think of things differently than they did 50 years ago, and it's not fair to go back and say, hey, you people 50 years ago, you're bad because you didn't do the thing that we've got figured out now. And that's just, that's not helpful. It's better to look back and go, to teach your kid and go, hey, here's some videos of, uh, you know, people hosing down black people in, in the South, or sending German shepherds after him and saying, this is bad and this is how it used to be, but look where we are now. That stuff is helpful. I think it's is a learning tool. It's not helpful to go back and say, your grandparents were evil because they treated black people poorly. Well, I think it's... Uh, because it they've be, probably evolved over time too. But it can also be a combination of things. I think I could relate to a young person having an anger that way of, Things are still hard. Things are really hard right now because you bunch of dipshits didn't figure out back then how easily you should have been able to see, hey, turning hoses on a bunch of black people and saying that they can't go to your schools and all that stuff. How did you guys not know this was unbelievably wrong? I mean, there are some people that did know, but a lot of people just think how good things could be now if you dipshits had figured out then. Hey, we're being awful. I mean, well, guess what? In 50 years, people are going to look back at things that we think yes. is very common right now, and they're going to say the same thing about us. I don't even think it's common. I think I don't know. Maybe putting immigrant kids in cages. I think it's get, our kids. That's kids the, are going to look that's back. That's obvious, go, though. What the hell was wrong with you people? That's an obvious thing, but I think there's going to be things that we think is very pedestrian and not a big deal. Is it obvious? 
It, is it obvious? Because I could no, probably, it is obvious. You could probably go outside of this house right now and swing a you know swing a bolo around and hit some jackass who's like, yeah, that's what they shouldn't have been here in the first place. I mean, there's always people gonna there's always gonna accent. be outliers like that, but I don't, I don't think, think that's the majority that's of people. I, but I think there. What I'm saying is there's going to be we things. Have a, we have a particular president. A depending on how you look at it, majority got that figured out. So there's going to be oh. something that even people that consider themselves woke right now do and think is okay that in 50 years they're going to look back on and go what were you thinking so like revisionist history it's not super helpful in my opinion it's it's more let's look at the most accurate version of that history and let's learn from it is super helpful but going back and saying you're bad because you did this i mean well first of all they're probably dead so it doesn't change anything I think also the the other one I wanted to get to is the onus is the people who still are doing those things, either did those things before or are still doing them, won't just own up to like, yeah, I was mad. We messed up. We messed up real bad. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that outright it was a different era is the, you know, the answer probably should just be like, man, we screwed up. I'm trying to make things better. We screwed up. The best I can do is try and make things better now. Right. I mean, if most people are like that, then it is going to get better. I did things when I was younger I'm not proud of. I condemn all those things, and I, I'm really trying to be a better person now. There you go. To ro- and to rope it all back to what we were talking about. I forgot what we were talking about. This is a Spider-Man game with the all drugs right. and the cops. There's, a, ca- there's a certain cachet for writing think pieces, and in there's a lot of cases where like you think light is shown upon things you didn't think about, or we try find ways to try and help the culture and you know and maybe i I don't know maybe this is one i gotta let over and let go of and i'm more sympathetic to it because it hits home of me liking spider-man but i feel like jumping all over this game and going like ah he's he's in league with the cops and he's he's a narc like he it never states like oh they had a gram of pot so spider-man beat him (laughs) up they're not doing that right just they say oh there's i mean that's what spider-man is if you don't if you (laughs) If you want somebody that's going to look the other way, maybe you shouldn't play Spider-Man. Maybe you should play, I don't know, whatever anti-hero it is that you like. Oh, well, Deadpool that will, or something that will like rope that. us back to what we were talking about because the world has enough heroes. Let's talk about the anti-hero who is Venom. Venom. So Venom is aggressively just okay. One of the things it has that I thought was good that I liked about Ant-Man and the Wasp is... It's ba- the, a large part of the premise is early on Eddie Brock completely bones his uh, um, engagement with a woman. And Way to it, go, Eddie Brock! The the story picks up like three months later. And Topher Grace wouldn't guy. have done that. No, not Topher. <laughs> Never Topher. It picks up like three months later, and she's dating another guy. Now, most movies, the go-to is she's dating a goober, mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie is about what a dick this guy is. That for some reason the guy. The woman that was in love with the good guy somehow instantly fell in love with the worst. In this movie, like um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Bobby Cannavale's... Cannavale, I think his name is? Yeah. His character is not really a bad guy in the first movie. I love in the second movie that they all love each other. It is kind of a weird... I, I, his, it's a welcome his, weird, but it is weird. His when ex? They're hugging each other. That all goes other. on where right. they, don't, they don't get back together. But, like, they love each other as these two, you know, sides of a family. That's a positive thing for, for kids to see. Like, kids that have divorced parents. I think 
watching a, a couple that have realized, okay, maybe we're not so good together, but we got this kid. Yeah. And we both love the kid and we can get along. We can put little things aside. That's a good thing to to grow up having that. And whereas there, in there's the zeitgeist. There's a, a child word. involved. Venom has that version of she's dating a guy and he's just a good guy. He, oh, that's good. He likes Eddie Brock and tries to help him throughout the movie. And they're, you know. And Venom eats him. And <laughs> conversely, <laughs> so I will say this also about Venom. If, if you're the type of person who went to the Michael Bay Transformer movies and thought, you know, all this robot fighting is really way too easy to follow <laughs> the back half of venom uh i mean it did things in the commercials the main bad guy the the other venom is a venom called riot it's not carnage hold on a moment okay <laughs> carnage is involved hold on a moment okay so riot is another venom who is just a slightly lighter shade of black so at the so end, when these two big slightly black Slightly less venomous? These two large black masses of goo are fighting each other. <laughs> I honestly could not tell which one was which for most of it. They should put a name to it. And it's also, it's a nighttime fight between these two things that have the same hue. And it's going really <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah, it's probably zoomed in really close too, right? Some of it, It's yes. not like it's a, it's a broad... I mean, it's a big screen that you can watch <clears throat> it on now. We're not... Sometimes I think they made those Transformers movies for you to watch on your phone. Also, mu- much like the Bayformers. <laughs> That's where they're zoomed in. It, it's weird to hear Venom's cuss. His cuss? <laughs> when, when Venom calls Eddie Brock a pussy, I'm like, that seems... That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're from another planet, right? I mean, I think the premise is that once he symbiotes with him, he knows everything in Eddie Brock's brain. So he, I guess he knows words like pussy. It just seems so weird that when is he weird. says it. It is weird. So I will say the the movie has its most redeeming part at the end and its most condemning part at the end. Mm. The most condemning Complicated. part is during the credits... There is a rap song by Eminem about Venom. I thought you were going to say Vanilla Ice. I was going to be so excited. I mean, it's not that far off. There's a rap song by Eminem that I swear almost gets to the point of going, my name is Venom and I'm here to say. My name is Venom and I'm here to say. I think Eddie Brock's a pussy in a major way. It's real uh-huh, bad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, Does he rhyme Venom with Enum? I don't know. Although he turns that, into Venom because he gets Venom. After that song, there is another rap song by Run the Jewels that uh, I can't remember what the title of it is, but I liked this. It, it, its subtitle is The Royal We. The Royal which We. Which works well with that character. So here's the thing. The best, the, well, not quite the best. I'll tell you the best after this. The second best thing about Venom is the mid-credits cameo. Hmm. And I'm going to ask you, do you want me to spoil it for you? Yeah, I'm not going to see it till it's on Blu-ray, so okay. you might as well. Anybody, Spoiler alert. anybody who plans on seeing Venom soon, forward a couple of minutes, because I'm going to spoil the mid-credits thing. So, there you go. It gets, it gets done, goes to some island prison, Eddie's going into, you know, the, the guy's like, hey, he said he'll only talk to you, Eddie. He'll only do an interview with you. So, he's crazy. Watch out for him. 
So you, it's this dank, dirty prison. He goes to this solitary confinement. They open the door. And as soon as they, because Gabe and I are sitting there and he's just like, oh, dude, they're going to do carnage, right? They're going to do carnage. I'm like, they open the door and you see this just big poof of red hair. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's where they're going. A poof of red hair, huh? Yeah. Who was Carnage in the comics? I don't even. Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. So this isn't the best. This isn't the best part yet. The best thing is, so he. Please tell me that it's Carrot Top. No. Oh, he, oh that so would much, explain so why he's bulking up. So much better. Okay. Go ahead. Who no. who plays a Hickwell? Who plays a Hickwell? So he, you think about it. I'll tell you. He he goes through like you know uh, the little back and forth, and you hear the voice from across the room like, "Hey." I could do the crazy if you want. I can turn it on. Or turn, I'm, I'm doing. Is a it Billy impression. Bob Thornton? No, you're um, you're, you're pretty close. I'm doing a bad impression. Okay, John <laughs> Malkovich. That is, I swear, that is so close. Oh my gosh! Like, but with this big curly like Halloween Town wig, turns up John C. Riley. Blue eyes look at him. Hey everybody, I'm John C. Riley. <laughs> the bluest, wonderful eyes that I've ever seen look up at him. And it's Woody Harrelson. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was laughing. My That's kid, great. Gabe's like, why are you laughing? Like, I, 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 it, I, I can't tell you why it's so funny to me that Woody Harrelson is kind of, but I will tell you. He makes everything best. better. So <clears throat> Yeah. He, he's a really good actor. So, you know. He's like olive I, oil or butter. He I makes s- everything better. I swear that movie's not going to get made. It, I'm you telling you. It's making it was a, a ton was, of money. It was a bright red wig. <laughs> So well, maybe they shave his head. The last thing I want to tell you that was what made the movie the best, and this wasn't the movie, is, uh, and I'm, I stole this. This was some meme. I can't remember what movie it was about that I had read this, but I decided early on I was going to do this to Gabe. Anytime Venom was on screen, I would nudge Gabe and go, Gabe, that's Venom. The movie's about him. <laughs> Every single time Venom was on camera. Wow. <laughs> it was getting to the end of like, I'd n- Venom would come on and I'd nudge him and go, Dad. <laughs> Gabe, do you know how that is? Dad, knock it off. He's the titular character. That's Venom. The movie's about him. He'd like punch me in the arm. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> I loved it so much. It well, maybe I'll check it out. I, don't know. It, I probably you know, won't see it till it's in Redbox. I'm, I'll be it, honest. If you, if you I'm feel so like behind it, on things. If you feel like it, see it on, see it as a matinee. You can watch another. You can watch another preview for that Robin Hood movie that you're not going to go see. This is a funny thing. It's actually something that I wanted to talk about. I used to see movies, and I would see sixteen to twenty-four movies a year, honestly. In yeah. The, in the theater. Oh yeah, yeah. And I now was, uh, I may have seen five or six this year. It's really expensive. It's it's really expensive, but it's it's also not great because somebody always ruins it i mean i am busy that's that's part of it so it's not just i've chosen not to go to theaters because i still love to go to theaters but there's always somebody in the theater talking or really just yeah always and it drives me crazy as a comic because i want to like i want to tear tear into them we go we go to one of the theaters that has the big like recliner seats Uh and usually we've done that pretty far like they're big enough, like you kind of get removed from people, and mm-hmm. the rows have to be bigger. So, one of the reasons I brought it up is I saw online the um, movie prices are dropping the national average down to eight eighty three. <clears throat> that's nice, and that's because people aren't going to the movies. It's it's they're going to say it's because people are stealing them and they're they're ripping them. <laughs> I think it's because 
movie theaters don't police the, the it's room. Easy, it's so easy to watch a digital copy to the point that, like, I don't think theft is a big deal. I mean, I'm sure it's not great, but it just doesn't... It, this isn't, you know, Lars Ulrich, mm-hmm. you know, stealing money time. Or I prefer to time. see a movie at the theater. I really do. It's, I like the experience. I prefer to see a certain type of... I guess I really would prefer to see all of them, but there's lots of movies that I just... I'm, you know, it's I'm just not gonna, hard. There's so many movies out, event first movies. of all. There's too many movies. And event movies are the only ones I go see, well, I mean, to be honest like, with you. I mean, it would be nice and all, but like if, I go, if I'm going to go see The Phantom Threat, I'm not worried if I'm seeing it in a theater. I just wonder, 50 years from now, we were talking about 50 years from now, how many movie theaters the are there going to be, you know? 2000. In, in what? T- how many movie theaters are going to be around? I mean... I, they tried with Movie Pass. Apparently, Movie Pass is just a mess. I thought about I getting, don't think, getting it for my kids because I don't think that's a they thing. They go on like, dates and stuff like that. And, pa- I don't think Movie Pass was a thing that they were trying. I think Movie Pass was something Movie Pass was trying that was a really cool idea, that but from not sustainable. From inception, is like there, there's no way that that thing's going to go on. Right. It just it's just it's just sad to me because you know, I I really enjoy going much, to movie theaters. Much like how Netflix in its original form was never going to be good enough, there was going to be the splintering and crappening up of that. Like you get individual places or individual theater chains do their own thing. That's like I think there were at the one we went to, they were like you can see three movies a month. I'm like. F you. I'm not yeah. going to subscribe. I just flipped off nothing in the room. <laughs> the ceiling fan. Get bent, ceiling fan. Uh, you know, any it, once you get that splitting, the first idea that they come up with, the, basically the Netflixing of it is going to be like, we came up with a really cool idea, and it was too it was too good for us. It was too good for yeah. regular people. So everybody has to come in, take their ball, go home and go like, so you, you really like Disney movies, huh? Well, how about you pay an extra fee just to see the Disney movies? <laughs> I mean, that's possible. I just want, I just want, I would pay extra to go to a screening where it's like zero tolerance talking. I wish. Zero tolerance phones. Like it's legal to they, slap oh, somebody. You go to, you go to California, they definitely have those. That's good. That's what we need here because, man, it, there's nothing worse than paying like, by the time if you if you have a family and you're getting popcorn and all that, uh, you're into it a hundred bucks. I hear about the Alamo Draft House a lot, and I think that's a place that definitely does that. Like if if a cell phone goes off, that person's leaving. They should be because why ruin? Here's the thing, and comedy clubs are the same way. If you're going to allow people to do that, you're catering to the bad people and the people that are there to have a good time and be good citizens. They're not going to come back. You're losing that business which is the people you want there just to cater to well i don't want to piss these people off no you do you want to piss them off you don't want them to come back hey correct me if i'm wrong i think the unfortunate truth is that outside of some much larger acts most of the time the club owner is going to be more at the behest of i need to make sure and get butts in those seats and this ratty guy this ratty guy is probably not going to come more than once or twice a year at best so and it's usually people that have never even been to a comedy it's my yeah. first time yeah. it's i'm gonna sit in the front so i can heckle do you know how many is times it, i've heard people say that is a good this is a good transition into that i did watch comedian oh yeah and there are moments there are moments in that like probably the thing i love the most about that movie is watching jerry seinfeld flounder <laughs> when it's he really i've been i've been on stage and can't think of where I'm going to go next. And it just, 
it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I think that's that. a, I think that's a product of the editing that they make him. I think they make him look like he's floundering more than he really does. Mm, no, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't to look like it was moments, edited to me. Even beyond that, you catch those moments where you can see he's really frustrated because he can't remember where he is and he's looking at his notes and then right. just kind of standing there. But you will get. There was a woman, I think, that said, like, is this your first time up Is this there? your first gig? And she got a good laugh because it was, it was funny. But, boy, you can see on his face he's really pissed. That's because it's like, I mean, it's like, you suck. It's, is this your first time? That's just hacky. Hey, what mean, a hacky audience member. You know. You get- it is infuriating. There is a point in the movie where he's like, how much do you have to kill? How much do you have to do to get people to respect you? Because he's talking about people in the crowd just talking the entire show. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, there's a particular show because he he goes around um, he goes around doing smaller clubs, mm-hmm. and there's one that yeah, it's just governors like in New Jersey. Is it? That's that's the first place that <clears throat> Louis C.K. went back to. <laughs> well, yeah, quality establishment. Yeah. But yeah, a bunch of people are talking, and he or no Long Island, not New Jersey. But yeah, uh, you know. A lot of people, I, I was so glad to see, uh, like, Colin, I love Colin Quinn. I do, too. Colin Quinn, Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn is, he's like the comic's comic. He looks like the person's person. He just seems <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care who you are, you sit down and just ta- start talking to Colin Quinn. You're just going to kind of be in a better mood. It is fun just to watch that and see all the people that like, I've met. I like Chris Rock. The parts where he's talking to Chris Rock don't really do anything for me i don't get much out of that but like there's there's a warmth of him talking to colin quinn there's a warmth of him talk like you know who i was surprised that i recognized like that's that's george wallace oh yeah yeah he's good george friends wallace? with seinfeld yeah yeah seeing george wallace seeing like robert klein was really cool to see now you know where the line about jay leno has <clears throat> never spent any of his uh tonight show money. is that the first place it came from i think so and I, now everybody quotes it I thought like, that like I thought it's that was just a thing. Knowledge that I just thought that that was a thing that was known about him because because Jerry, the thing that's best about it is Jerry, Jerry seems surprised by like, it. He doesn't seem. I don't think he was surprised, but I think he said. I think he, he came off to me like he knew that about him. And he, oh, he's maybe like, you're still doing that. You're still doing that. What do you, <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen? You just don't know what's gonna happen. What do you think you What do you think you're gonna be a custodian? <laughs> Yeah. The best part of the movie is when Orny Adams finds out that he's going to be in uh, New Faces in Montreal. And he calls his mom and he calls a bunch of people. And then they show him just laying on the ground well, he, laughing. And he goes, you want to know what's crazy? There's some girl out there. She doesn't yeah. even know it yet. <laughs> but she's going to have to spend the rest of her life with me. She's out there having fun. She doesn't even know this miserable man is here waiting for her. <laughs> a bit of bit of trivia. You so you you know Orny Adams a little bit. Yeah. Is he is he married yet? No, I don't think he is. <laughs> last I, was last say, I saw him, he was single. The funny thing about that movie is there's an Orny Adams in this movie who doesn't know yet that <laughs> no, maybe no, maybe maybe that maybe girl the woman exist. really has to ever be with him. <laughs> Could be. You you've told me that your experience with Orny Adams. He's he's a very nice guy. Yeah, he's great. I love in him. In that film, I I was watching it and going, this is like a a professional wrestling version. Like, yeah, I th- like I the WWE can... would take the Orny Adams character and that would be like, like, like this is what a comedian is. Our, the, our new heel is going to be a comedian. Yeah. I, I've just, never personally asked him about it just because uh, well, no, it seems uncomfortable. It's, but it's I, a past thing. You'd, you'd probably have to I know think, him a lot better. I think he was playing it up 
and also editing was was an issue but i think he was kind of turning up the character he might but he was also saying a lot of things cocaine because he's sweaty and manic (laughs) a lot he was also saying a lot of things that a lot of comedians, including myself, think. Yes. Oh, that's that's why I'm saying it's just like don't a, say them out loud. It's like a WWF, WWE heel of you know the jealousy of being a comic and the I, I'm sure that I'm better than all these guys. And he says things like, "Oh, they all hate you until you're funny," or "They all they all love you until you're funny, and then they turn on you." And like, like yeah, I look at it this way: if if some producer came to me and said, "Hey, I'm making this." movie about i don't know pick pick whatever famous comedian is out there say brian regan or jim gaffigan or bill burr somebody huge like the biggest name out there now and they're like we're looking for somebody who wants to make a name for themselves but you're gonna have to act pretty paranoid and pretty arrogant if that same situation happened to me i'd be like well yeah i'm this is gonna bring eyeballs I, probably, I will. I will do this. There has to be the interview out there with Orny Adams to. Yeah, I mean there probably about. is, but it just it's. Let me just say, if you watch the movie, that's not the Orny Adams I know. He's he's very nice. He's still super funny. He yeah, was funny back then too. There's a Orny Adams. Uh, looking at this here on the IMDb, there's an Orny Adams special from 2017. So the only person that he's really kind of a dick to, in that, is. Uh, I can't remember the the agent's name now. Barry Katz, and he's got a pretty sketchy. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Pretty sketchy face. No. Pretty sketchy car. No. Uh, you know. Aura? History. History. He's got a pretty <laughs> sketchy hi- reputation. That's the word I was. Like. Pretty sketchy reputation with a lot of comics. So there might have been. More to the story there. I don't know. But for the most part, he's just kind of obnoxious. And he says George Shapiro a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he does. Who is the... Do you know who the young comedian guy who was trying to tell Orny... He was trying to tell him, like, you're great, but you need to calm down. Yeah, that's Barry Katz. Oh, is that Barry Katz? Yeah, he's not a comic. I mean... He's an agent? He did comic or comedy a couple times. but I'm... He seemed young, and he he's also, not super old. He's in his fifties, I think. I mean, you know, I that was know. twenty years ago. He was probably just, late twenties, early thirties. I don't time. know from nothing. I just he he Barry he had a, Yeah, Orny. What I always tell Orny. That, yeah, that's him. Huh. I mean, he used to represent Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle, uh, uh, Burt Kreischer. Consider all, like, huge just people. That, considering what's portrayed in that movie, he seemed like he was giving him sound advice. Right. Every stage of Orny in that movie is, I got the thing I wanted, I'm still miserable. And that's life. That really is life. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, if I can just get this one thing, if I can get this one thing, I'm going to be, it's going to take me to another place. I'm going to be more secure with where I'm at in comedy. But it's never. And then I get it and it's like, oh. Crap, I, I still feel exactly the same as I did before. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I mean, yeah. you know, I'll I'll always be whatever version of, you know, miserable that I am. But, like, when I, I feel great when I, you know, when I, when I set out to, like, trim the hedges on a weekend and I actually go out there and do it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 
it's a great weekend. I actually did the thing I wanted to do. I think there's always like even if you're the the top comedian right now. I mean, I, I think it's I think the I think people should just realize that it's a good attitude to always be striving to be the best version of you, but it's I I can't imagine that when you have a good set or you got into a festival or something like that that you would as soon as someone told you, you'd be excited and you go, Penny, I got into the festival. And then you'd lay down and go, I hate everything. I got to tell you, when I'm on stage and I'm killing, it feels great. But as soon as it's over, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm Travis. I'm a mailman. Uh, <laughs> I've got kids. I've got a mortgage. That, and that also runs contrary. My to, knee hurts again. That also uh, runs contrary to you. You're probably the kind of you're a self-deprecating like you have insecurities and things like that where. At I, least I, in the movie, Orny is portraying, I know I'm the greatest thing in the world, right. and I'm miserable all the time. Which contradicts you're not, itself. You're not really that guy. No, no. But I always feel like as soon, even, as, as soon as I walk off the stage, people forget that I existed. And that might be, <laughs> and that might be, him, uh, that might be him playing a character. Not, not saying for the movie, just like he puts on the persona of this hyper-arrogant, I'm the best thing in the world guy, mm-hmm. even though he's deeply insecure inside of me that's you i mean that's what insecure people do but you don't but you don't do that you don't present yourself as i'm the best thing in the world i mean i think it's just because i've got but even but guess what you know what travis what you are the best thing in the world oh thanks here's here's that ten dollars we've talked about (laughs) uh i just got the kind of personality where i don't get too high and i don't get too low like if You're I get bummed out, medium. if I get bummed out about something, I get more angry about it than depressed about it. And if I get really excited about something, I honestly get a little bit more in my head about the, ex- I mean, obviously I'm excited to do whatever the opportunity is, but in the same, I'm like looking at all my own faults going, but can I really pull this off? Am I really cut out to do this? And I'm just a regular whole- person. You get that whole imposter baloney. Well, there's this thing about show business. Like when you're a little kid, you you think you see these people that you think are funny or whatever. Let's just say for comedy. Like I never would have thought I was going to meet John Lovitz or Chris Farley, not Chris Farley, but Kevin Farley or David Spade or all these people. The brief moments when I get to come in contact with someone like that, it's not, it's not an imposter feeling. It's just always surreal. Like, you know, if I've ever shaken hands with someone famous, you know, like it, mostly it would happen with like bands or something like that. If I ever get to meet someone that I respect, it's always kind of like, man, it's so weird that you actually exist. <laughs> All you've ever been is like this 2D version of something. Right. Like, it's just something that exists in another universe. And then you're driving them in your car or you're going out to like midnight breakfast with them. And you're like, this is weird. Like, does everybody know that I'm a phony? Because I'm a phony. I'm not really... You should, I'm not in the same universe. You should really worry about that less and just... <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Speaking of, of stand-up, I started watching... Uh, there's a series on Amazon Prime called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I know My that, wife got me watching it. I know that it. name. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's not super accurate. It takes place in the f- late 50s. Oh. It's not super accurate how quickly she picks up stand up and is a natural at it. Because even if you're naturally <laughs> funny, it takes years. There is, she it, picks it up in a couple months and all of a sudden that's she's That's definitely one of the harder things to understand about comedy is that there's a science to it. It's not just going up and being funny. But it's it's some people the, can do that, but Right. It, not consistently. I don't, it's I don't think it's sustainable. Like you have 
it, it, I think we, we've talked about it on here before. It blew my mind when I hit an age when I realized that like there's such a thing as an act and not just some guy who's funny goes up and just starts talking about what's going on. If you've ever wanted to know what it's like to bomb doing stand-up, there's a couple pretty accurate depictions of, of, of what bombing feels like in that maybe, show. I think maybe I have heard of this now that you mention it. No, it, it's remember, a pretty good series. I think I remember hearing stuff around it that the bombing in particular feels very authentic. It definitely feels authentic. And there there's points where everything just starts unraveling. It's pretty accurate. The only other thing I can think of that even comes close, besides watching Comedian, of course, is there's a movie called The Big Sick. It's got... Uh, oh, the Kamel Nanjiani Kamel, one? Yeah. I haven't watched that. There, there's a point. There's a couple bombs in there that are pretty accurate, and there's one where he just has a, men, a mental breakdown on stage, and it's <laughs> it, it's pretty funny to watch. But at the same time, it kind of gets I your emotions love, too. I love Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani is an is a insane thing of someone who I came in contact with listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. and I've heard him on podcasts for years. And now he's and the last few elevated. years he's been he's been getting a lot of good work. So right. To go from hearing him guest on stuff and then mm-hmm. listening to um, listening to the geek show that he did with his wife. See, the big sick is actually the true. It's the true story, true story of how, of how, how they met. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. is yeah, it's, it's a good movie. So yeah, it's it's weird to see him act. It's another that's on one Amazon those, too. It's another one of those. It's surreal because I mean that that's one of the things I've always loved about podcasts is they're people. It's people right. being people. So when you see them, like I know people too much. People are people. So I know you. Why should it be? No, keep going. You and I should get along so awfully. Is it awfully, or is it awkwardly? Yeah, it's off. I'm I'm second I, guessing myself. Yeah, I, I I was never that big into Depeche came out. So people, <laughs> I was waiting for you to start <laughs> talking again. <laughs> No, it's that, that reminds me a little bit. Uh, you've been looking at the Utah podcast thing on Facebook. Have you seen there's some reality show podcast that's going to be on, I think, Spotify? Oh, really? It's like a UK huh. thing. So they're posting like, what do you people think of this? Like, isn't that just what podcasts kind of are? Yeah, it's just people sitting down and having real conversations so, about imaginary just, things. It's it's surreal to see someone like Kumail in a movie because like, I... From listening to you for a lot of years, I kind of, you know, I know you in a way, mm-hmm. and it's weird to see you acting now. <laughs> so it is weird. At any rate, at any rate, Halloween marches on. Halloween. We Halloween. watched a Halloween movie. What did you watch? We watched it. Ooh, the new one. Yeah, it's Have pretty you good, that? huh? Yeah, yeah, I saw. I it. really liked it. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I thought I was going to I went into it with a little bit of chip on my shoulder because no one ever whenever these these Stephen King properties come out, the thing that never comes out is what a creepy weirdo Stephen King is. Oh yeah, he's... And it has probably bar none it has the creepiest thing Stephen King ever put on paper. Is it is, uh, the girl's dad? No. Cuz that's pretty creepy. Have you have you read the book? No. Hey I'm just going to tell you what it is. If you if you people haven't figured this out, I rarely read. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what it is. Okay. Um, to fight it, they kind of have to go to another dimension in the book. Okay. And their way to get back from the other dimension is all of the kids have a sexual experience with uh, Beverly. That's I mean, that's in the same line as with her dad. Yeah. Sexualizing it, a 13-year-old girl is... It's really... Not cool. It is 
the creepiest. <laughs> you know, and the stuff, yeah, the stuff with her dad, I'm really, I was really worried, worried it was going to get serious. It wasn't like that in, in the, the old one with John Ritter in it. Well, no. Which is really only good because Tim Curry's in it. Have you ever seen the trailer where somebody edited it? So it looks like it's a feel-good family movie. No, but that oh, makes sense. Everybody out there, Google uh, like "happy it" or something. I can't remember how it's phrased, but there's a there, it's on YouTube, and it's the it trailer, re-edited. So it's it's got like happy little music, and it, it it it's in slow motion, and part of it's in black and white, and it's it looks like Pennywise comes to town and fixes families. <laughs> And leaves everybody happy. It's so great. It's um, it feels like they just they, they said you know this this time honored horror book. Why don't we just make it Stand by Me? It, yeah, I always kind of saw the, the this parallel is, let me, between. Let me ask those you this two. about it because I'm pretty sure the book that part of it takes place in the '60s in the book, uh-huh. and it's just you know it's coming out now, so we'll right. Make it in so the 80s. it's like the '80s or whatever. Am I wrong that? Because it's it's the late '80s. Because mm-hmm. like Lethal Weapon Two is out at that point. In the, <laughs> um, does it feel like that in the movie? Because I got this sense of like we have a lot of stuff surrounding it that is kind of '80s or '90s stuff, but it's for the most part it still, still feels like it's taking place in a earlier right. period. It kind of felt old fashioned to me too. Even like when they're in that garage watching a projector of yeah. of Penny and they see Pennywise on it. And that's partially because the films are so old because they're watching films from like the yeah. the 50s or 60s. But to me, well they're just looking at they were looking at slides in the If you asked me 2 minutes ago what year did you think the new one takes place, I probably would have said the 60s, right? Yeah. But it didn't feel super it wasn't like Stranger Things or the Goldbergs where the 80s is in your face. <laughs> the, the Stranger Things where like a hand comes out of the TV and rubs you in. Like there's a little doormat that says the 80s and it just rubs right. your face in it. Which is kind of what Goldbergs does too. But I super enjoy the Goldbergs. Yeah. So. I guess that's probably to the movie's credit. It it um, doesn't dwell on being a reference movie. No. Yeah. And that's like a good thing. Reference yeah. That's a good thing. But yeah. I Again, like I said, I thought I was going to go in and go like, oh, they're skirting all the stupid super crappy stuff Stephen King no it's a they they piece together a really good version of it and they're gonna make the one that's later and I get probably in modern day now and I'll be interested to see where that goes when they make it yeah I, I think it's gonna be cool. I really liked it it's not too scary it it gets pretty scary at some points can you remember who's in it I know Jessica Chastain's gonna be in the next one and then there was a couple actors and I can't remember in the next one yeah the ones that are in, I, I I have it open on the ones I, I don't know if they have any of the I can't remember everybody I just remember Jessica Chastain's gonna be in it I don't know I didn't I didn't think to look at that but uh I did think it was weird in the old one that Seth Green is is one of the kids is he <laughs> yeah Seth Green's one of those guys that you would end up being surprised where he popped up and also, oddly enough, yeah, it chapter two, 2019. So we, we can look at that. Uh, James McAvoy going to be in it. Oh yeah, that was the oh, other hey, one. I was. Bill Starsgard's still going to be Pennywise. Why not? Uh, James McAvoy is going to be Bill Dembo, which works out. Jessica Chastain is going to be Bev Marsh. Oh yeah, they, I guess they're still going to have the young ones in there. Yeah, it's uh, going to have flashbacks. Bill, Bill Hader is going to be Richie Tozier. <laughs> Oh God, Gabe loved the Richie Tozier. Uh, yeah, he's always a good character. But yeah, enjoyed enjoyed the movie. 
What what else is there to say? Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Speaking of reboots, I saw the Chris Columbus, not not the guy that has the holiday uh, that we just had, but the director. I think you're talking about Indigenous Peoples Day. (laughs) Yeah, not that Chris Columbus. The the director Chris Columbus. You might know him from Home Alone or the Harry Potter movies or such family classics. He's gonna be doing a new Scooby Doo animated movie. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Exactly. Is this for theatrical release? Yes, sir. It is. Okay. Weird. I thought that was a and weird it's, reboot. It's purely animated, huh? That's what it said. I don't know if it's gonna be computer animated, but it said animated. So that made me like look into other things that are being rebooted. Uh, did you know that Gremlins is might be getting a reboot? You know, that's reboot. one of those things I don't know if uh, I don't know if I knew that or just was like this is coming. Well, it might be coming. Uh, Shaft. Shaft is going to be getting another a reboot. Shaft. That's what that's what I read according to the they internet. They have anyone cast for that? No. No, that's still in development. Also a Tom and Jerry reboot. Mm. There hasn't been a Tom and Jerry property really since there was like a movie in the early '90s that was pretty bad. Yeah, that that's that's a property that we we've gotten past the uh, <laughs> the there, expiration there an, date. There was an era where that worked, and they can't make that anymore. I th- I think they're pretty funny cartoons. Oh, Chris, Chris so- Columbus is the executive producer on. Uh, Gremlins three, Gremlins. Oh, they're not rebooting it. They're making a Gremlins. Oh, is it going to be a sequel? Okay. He's also the producer on Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, Scooby. And also, they're making a Wile E. Coyote versus Acme movie. I guess why not? Like, weren't they supposed to do a Marvin the Martian movie that has never come out? I'm sure they had a lot of stuff like that in the pipeline. <laughs> like, unf- oddly enough, as funny as Warner Brothers' original shorts are, and as amazing as iconic they are, they've just never been able to get anything off the ground. It's just not the same magic. They, the closest they got was Space Jam, and that's coming back with Braun Braun. I'm I'm skeptical. I'm I'm weirdly skeptical. Like that, there's been enough real news, but like they've been talking about that for so long. I think it's officially happening now, though. Now LeBron's in L.A. Everything's coming together. How's it going to be good, though? The first one wasn't good. I, I, the first one is a horror. Well, I don't know. I, I think the first it, one has its merits, but the, right. the first one is a bad mishmash of like... The one I always go to is the Yosemite Sam and uh, Elmer Fudd as the guys <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. I'm like, right. that's not a joke. No, that's a movie that got embedded into people's psyche. Well, a lot so of, it's always a lot of people who are adults now were kids when that came out. So it's like for me, like Willow. Willow's not a good movie, but I still love it, and I still hey. want to quote it. Hey, yes, you get the hell out of my house. <laughs> you don't like Willow? I, no, Mad Modigan, Mad Modigan. Willow's a movie that I kind of refuse to watch again because I don't want to realize that it's terrible. It's pretty bad. It's got some, but I still love it. It's got. Uh, it's got Val Kilmer. Val, peak Val Kilmer. Yeah, that is definitely peak Val, peak Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. No, I would say that's peak Val Kilmer. He's kind of snarky, well, but depends, also like it he depends was, on what your peak. He what was your almost Harrison Forty. Like he's he's in his best lookingness. Can I? Anybody that makes like local breweries out there, can we get a Harrison Forty? <laughs> Harrison Forty ounce. <laughs> <laughs> that that's all right. 
I, patent I mean, the, pending. You know what? Like, the, okay, what, what what would you say would be the peakiness of Val Kilmer in it? Because if you're going to talk about like swagger and good looking, like, although even waxen though he may be, is he ever more charismatic than he is in in uh, Tombstone? I've I still haven't seen Tombstone. <gasps> I haven't seen it. It's I've never got around hey, to seeing it. Guess what movie you will love eventually? Yes, eventually when I finally see it. Val Kilmer, I, I would posit that he's his most charismatic in that. Uh, as far as like acting skill, I think my favorite movie acting wise he's been in is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I would agree with that. that that's what I would say as well. He's super good in it. Mm-hmm. He's amazing in it. So is Robert Downey Jr. That's yeah. a completely underrated movie. Yeah, it's a movie that it's a movie that just the premise doesn't sound nearly as good as it, and you watch it like wow this. This movie punched me right in the butt. There are some movies that are good because it's a good script or it's a it's a good premise. It's just good all around. That's just a normal. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Well, I mean, I think that's one where the actors completely made it good. You could have cast anybody in there and it would have just been a forgettable 90s movie. Yeah. But the fact that you had Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer and the chemistry they had, that's what made that movie. Yeah. Very good movie. Very good movie. And then, you know, well, back to Willow. Uh, I forget who the data, other people that data. Why am that, I forgetting? The, why am I forgetting Willow's real name? I War, was just, Warwick I was, Davis. Yeah, Warwick Davis. Gosh, how could I forget that? Yeah, I, I'm always so happy when Warwick Davis is getting work. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, Billy Barty's in it. Billy Barty. Always Forget the bird. Billy, follow the river. Always happy when Billy Barty's getting work. Uh, who's he, the guy? He's who's, not getting much work nowadays. Who's the guy who's the brownie in it? Uh, uh, Kevin Pollock. Kevin. He's in Ma- Marvelous Miss Maisel. Always happy when Kevin Pollock's getting work. He's great in that show too. So. Yes, Kevin Pollock's a favorite of mine. Yeah, he's he's great. He's the great. Uh, who's, who's the who's he's the big very, he's who's very the big fat dwarf in that movie? What's what's that character's oh, I name? Burglecut. Burglecut. He's so creepy. I don't know about creepy. Yeah, he's just like he's, he's just, so snobby he's, and yeah, he's slimy. He yeah, that's that's a better word, slimy. He ugh. he's one of my least favorite characters from the eighties. You know, maybe Willow's not bad. When the when the bird poops on him, yeah, maybe Willow's not. That's bad. a highlight. You know, maybe maybe Willow's a bad movie that has good actors in it. Yeah, I mean, part of it is there's a lot of stop motion. Like there's a a weird dragon in it that is very. I'm it doesn't hold up by that stuff. Okay. You, you throw Harryhausen at me. I'm this isn't Harryhausen quality, though. This is not Jason and the Argonauts. I, I mean, yeah, I know it's not Harryhausen quality, but just like, you know, stop motions. From when I was a, just a little kid, stop mm-hmm. motion stuff blew my mind. Just, you know, any, anytime something stop motion comes out, even it look, if it looks like abject trash, I'm probably going to give it at least a little bit of a chance just because the, the act of having to move things a little bit at a time to give this like it's animated but it's also something real. Hmm. Yeah. I mean it's something it bridges this gap between traditional animation and CG where CG is just never going to quite feel real. And I don't know some of it 2D some of it's pretty good. 2D is going to be 2D. Or I mean CGI I'm talking about like a, a CGI animated movie. It's just it's always going to feel artificial. I mean, because it is. 2D from the facts of life? Yeah. She was always artificial. She, she was, was always my favorite. She was my favorite. Was she? I don't think I ever watched facts of life. I know people liked Blair. There were some people that liked Joe. I was a 2D guy. Uh, did you ever see Box Trolls? Uh, 
I th- I've seen bits of it, but I, I never saw it all the way. It's uh, during the credits, they stop have, motion, right? During the credits, they have two of the characters talking back and forth, but they they um, have are they the doing whole, a podcast? Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Dick Grayson, <laughs> Rick Grayson. Thank you very much. No, but they they have them doing this conversation, but they don't. They're not taking. They're taking the shots with the guys in it, so it's these this unbelievable fast motion of these guys making small adjustments to them. Oh, wow. Over and over again. No, that, that stuff is pretty cool. So, you know, like the behind that, the scenes, not the nightmare before Christmas is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. ever. So when it's done, right, even the Wallace and Gromit stuff, all that Ardman stuff, it was done wrong. I'll, I'll watch the, uh, you know, I'll watch Willow and go, that dragon is cool. Someone did that. Yeah. <laughs> go back and rewatch it. I have a DVD copy of that. Oh, do you? I don't. I don't know if I do or not. I have. I might have rented it on Netflix. I I remember to grab you your copy of Conan. Yes, I'm going to be watching some Conan at some point this weekend. And since I since I forgot about it, I threw a little bonus in. Ah, Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. (laughs) It's the complete. That was that was the the one I saw as a kid. I saw that one probably fifteen twenty times. That's one of those things that I saw Conan the Destroyer a lot as a kid, and I'm just eternally charmed by it. It's super dumb. But oh yeah, it. it's definitely dumb. It that's kind of what the the Monkey King movies like. I seem I could, like to me. It could be said. I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't mark this. I didn't mark who it was. But Olivia Diabo may have been the first moment that a little Jake went. <laughs> oh, I can see that. I can see huh. that. I think maybe her. Uh, definitely Slave Leia also, for me. I was six you know when what, that though? came out. It's a double whammy. It may have been Olivia Diabo. It could have been Grace Jones as well. Grace Jones. <laughs> Grace Jones is Carl Malone with makeup. Grace Jones is awesome. I love <laughs> Grace Jones. Uh, I did want to... There's two more things that I kind of wanted to get to. Okay. Everything dokie. else is kind of evergreen and we can come back to. Okie dokie. But uh, the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it because... Honestly, I don't want to pay $2 for every episode. I might go pay $2 just for to watch that one episode. Anyway... Biggest, most watched uh, Doctor Who debut ever in the UK. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. Right. So great. I'm super excited. It sounds like she's doing a great job and people are loving it. The The Doctor, if you can capture that like childlike wonder, wonderment wrapped in genius that the Doctor's supposed to be. Did Gratchet Capaldi have that? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Capaldi seemed grouchy, but he really wasn't that grouchy. There was depth. I mean, there's there's points in that show where he's like wearing sunglasses and playing a, an electric guitar, and he's going through a like a uh, a big arena where they would have Shakespearean plays and stuff, and they're pushing him on a cart while he's playing the electric guitar for like peasants and stuff. There's there's stuff like that in there where he's got like that wonderment. So he's not super grouchy like like everybody thinks he is. But all of them have that wonderment. That's, that's the main that's thing. That's what I know about Peter Capaldi is he's always he's <laughs> always grouchy in whatever I've ever seen him in. I enjoyed him as the Doctor. Of course, I've enjoyed him all. I didn't. I didn't get to that point in it. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for Jodie Whittaker. So I just wanted to throw that out there as a big Doctor Who fan that people seem to be loving it. I mean, obviously not everybody's going to love it, but screw those people. And another thing, this goes back to our childhood, Jake. Today, Carol Spiney, 84 years old, has retired. 
Carol Spiney. What do I know Carol Spiney? The man under the Big Bird costume. Oh! He's been Big Bird for almost 50 years. Apparently he was Oscar the Grouch as well. I didn't know that. 84 years old. That's awesome. That does my heart good. He's going to be wrapping up playing Big Bird. But he's 84 years old. He's been doing that since his mid-30s. Spectacular. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So shout out yeah, to, is. to Carol Spiney. Way yeah. to go. Where are you at, Carol Spiney? Take some time off. He's probably tired of hunching to his left and having his right arm up in the air all, all day <laughs> long. up there with Peter Mayhew of like this thing I've been doing <laughs> right. forever. You know, all I, I just feel abject misery all the time. <laughs> in a giant suit. So, hey, I, I think that's awesome. I didn't realize he was that old. But it makes sense think, if yeah, he if he sense. started with Jim Henson. I don't check in. Do you check in with uh, recent Sesame Street, the HBO stuff, or anything? Oh no, I don't know who. No, if my any kids of are the, way too old. If any of the humans, like Bob or Gordon or Marie or any of them, are still on it, or if they've I been hope so. shuffled away. Uh, I do see them sometimes on like the Thanksgiving parade, and and yeah. I think who's the who's the the older white guy? I think it was Bob. Bob. Okay, well Bob was on it the last time I saw. Yeah, and I think. Who's the Hispanic couple? Maria and... Maria uh, and... Ooh, maybe that was Bob. Crap. I think they were on it still. But that was that was the last I saw. Anyway. Memories. Uh, I'm, I'm completely stuck now that I, I couldn't quite get that. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Speaking of, Also, speaking of uh, remakes. All right. Oh, this is a real remake. Everything is remakes now. I saw a commercial for The Connors. Oh yeah. Which I thought was particularly funny. I was just I was scrolling through stuff the other day and I saw the thing for The Connors and then just saw John Goodman was like, oh, 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 that's right, they're doing that. (laughs) And it was this all of it was was like talking to It was talking to John Goodman was like, Don't judge me for this. And then talking to the sisters, she's like, I just want to run away from it all. And then talking to the daughters and they're you know, the other sisters pointing at Sarah Gilbert going, maybe you can handle this, but I can't. So is it supposed to be like their real life uh, reactions to, to the tweet? Is that what no, it was supposed to be? It's because Roseanne dies. Well, I show, know that, but, but that almost seems like that was their real life reactions to the tweet. Seemingly. But it, the thing was, is it, <laughs> it has all of these like her, dramatic reactions and then ABC comedy. I think... It, the thing that I liked about the show Roseanne and when it came back last year is that it's like a real family. They have real pl- problems. They struggle with money, all that stuff. I assume they're going to keep that going in this one unless they had like million dollars of uh, uh, life insurance on Roseanne. So when her inevitable uh, drug overdose happened that they're all going to be living in a... I don't think I'm going like to be the interested in watching now. it, but I will be interested. I probably won't. I, I did watch the reboot last year until they took the last couple episodes down because of the tweet. I'd be interested in kind of hearing how the... I mean, a lot of the people involved, I think, are... I like their work. I like See, John I don't, Goodman. I like Sarah I, Gilbert. Right. I don't know if they got back because uh, Whitney Cummings was involved with the reboot and... Uh, Wanda Sykes was involved with the reboot, and I don't know if they jumped back on board with the Connors or not, but yeah, they they kind of went by the way. I think way, I so. also saw that Roseanne tweeted to like I think it premiered today, and Roseanne tweeted, "I'm not dead." <laughs> I like yeah. the spirit of the show, and I think there needs to be more all in the family uh, Roseanne type families where 
they actually have real struggles and they're not rich. Because you watch, do you ever feel like, man, I'm not living up to the expectations that I thought I would have when you watch uh, pretty much any uh, sitcom, especially sitcoms from the 80s. Look at, just look at like the Cosby's. The Cosby's. (laughs) We didn't didn't even get to that. We didn't get to that. Oh, yeah. Comedian. (laughs) The Cosby stuff in Comedian. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. It is pretty creepy. He wears a bracelet on his foot. I found that. That's probably where he kept the quaaludes. Cosby. Nobody's going to check there. Cosby shows up and they are kissing his ass so hard. I'm like, oh, Well, at oh, the guys. time, he was the godfather. You know, he was. Yeah, but I mean. He was George Washington I've t- I've in the you, Mount I've, Rushmore of comedy. I've heard more than a few comedians say that like this stuff about Cosby is, it's been a sort of well-known secret. And so if, if sort of not comedians that. Hearsay is hard to re- judge though. Because if if I made rash decisions on everything that I heard about other comedians that that is hearsay, let's just say (laughs) I could write a book. Well, but look, some of it's true, some of it's not. Maybe Frank, listening to most comedians talk, it's Frank Burns. It sounds yes. Okay, (laughs) Frank's red hot. Shut up, Dick. (laughs) It's Rick. If I may, Rick. Okay. Most comedians that I hear talk about it sounds like it's it's gotten a little different. But like you want to go back maybe seven to ten years, and they're just animals out on the road. A lot of them. Oh yeah, they still are. You know, they I lo- still are. I love are. comedians, but some of them don't come across as being real nice people. I mean, not that they just, have to be, but that's what I'm saying about they're flawed someone, humans. A lot of them. Someone who reached the heights of Jerry Seinfeld. Or Chris Rock, or you know any of those guys that are like legends in that movie, they probably had to have heard about it. A bunch. I mean, hearing hearing about it is one thing, but actually knowing that it happened is another. Uh, so a lot of people now, I think, are just trying to insert themselves in the story, saying, "Oh yeah, we've been hearing about that for a long time." You might have heard a rumor here or there that maybe Cosby's a creep or cheats on his wife, or maybe you got a bit of information and this guy got a bit of information, and. You get together and talk about it, and all of a sudden it becomes this other other thing between you. But either one, if you really knew it was happening, you should have said something. Well, that was... If you knew it was fact. The One of the particular ones or that I had heard talk two, about it. Or two, you kind of just heard something, and now you're acting like you knew more than you did. The one that I recall... Which doesn't make you a hero, because if you knew more than you did, you're bad for not turning him well, in. Well, what I'm saying is... I remember in particular one of the ones that I heard say that was they said lots of people knew about it, but also knew if I go out and say Bill Cosby has been drugging and raping <laughs> women for years, exactly. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't until Hannibal Burris somehow made it work. And he, he says that in his, in his act of like, I didn't know that just some joke I made was actually going to make it happen. Yeah. He just made a reference in a bigger joke yeah. to it. And people are like, what, what's this now? Yeah. So he was, he didn't go he, on stage. He made intending it work. to out most Bill Cosby. There are comedians. There was at least one comedian I heard say like most people who knew about it knew I can go ahead and I cannot go ahead and go tell people this thing I know about. My career will be ruined and I'll never have work ever again. <laughs> I guess I can, deep inside, I can have the moral, you know, I can know, I guess I did the right. I never get to work again. I never get to make money in this industry that I'm either A, talented in or B, love doing. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I did the right thing that never went anywhere. 
I don't know what to say about stuff like that. The Cosby thing, it just feels to me, I don't know, it feels like somebody went back in time and stepped on a butterfly and changed everything. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he was such a different person in for everybody. He was He really was like America's dad. And when you find out what he was really like underneath, it's like if you found out Mr. Rogers was a serial killer. Yeah. You know? That, that was... I, I keep... Please, no one ever ruin Mr. <laughs> Rogers. They won't. It would have come out by now. Ugh. But the, you know... Hey, I wonder what happens with the Connors, kind of. I don't really... I'm not really going to be interested in watching it, but I'll I be bet it's one you know. and done. I... Because all the right-wing people that were watching it last year aren't going to watch it at all. and Which is funny, because when it was originally on TV... Yeah, that's, that's what's uh, so weird Conservative people did not like it, because she was talking about things like abortion <gasps> and stuff like that. I don't get people. I've told you this before, of... It, it still blows my mind of when someone my age, I'm chatting about, I was like, oh, the millennials, they don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing, they're lazy. I'm like, did, did, did we not grow up in the same environment? The generation ahead of us talked about how lazy we were and that the TV rots your brain and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the generation before them talked about our parents the same way. Every generation looks at the right. generation below them and talks about what garbage they are, and they turn out just fine. And Similarly, maybe the only generation that could do that is the World War II generation. Because they really did go through some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I think people love confirmation. So if Everyone just wants to feel better than people. I find that in comedy a lot. Uh, smart comics aren't always the most popular comics. People like a lot of comedy where they can guess what the punchline is going to be. And then when it happens, they're like, yeah, I get, oh, yeah. I, that's exactly what I thought it was yeah, going to be. But I when it, it. When, when somebody's a smart comedian and they think, no, I'm not going to make the obvious punchline. I'm going to twist it and make it this thing I didn't expect. And it's going to be smart. And people go, well, I didn't like that because you should have said butts. You know, it's <laughs> it's mean to say, but I've felt it about like particularly blue comedy a lot of times blue comedy types of I'll watch them and go like, these aren't really jokes. You're just saying something that everyone's thinking and they agree with you. You're saying blue collar comedy or blue comedy? Blue collar comedy. Okay. Blue comedy is like dirty comedy. Did I say, did I not say blue comedy? (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was trying to make a distinction. Knock it off, Dick. (laughs) Rick. No. It's Rick Grayson. Blue collar comedy. A lot of times I'll watch it and they're not all bad. I was talking to you earlier about, I think, I think Ron White's pretty funny. I think Larry the Cable Guy's funny. But a lot of a lot of times I'm watching. Not all it's of it's like, funny, but that's not a joke. You just said a. You just kind of said, in a loopy way, you said a thing that people hold an opinion and right. They're just like being confirmed that they have Jeff, that opinion. Jeff Foxworthy's actually pretty funny. It's just all you think about is, uh, you might be a redneck if, and I, I think of his career as a Golden Corral spokesman. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's pretty lucrative. I would do it. I look like I eat at Golden Corral on the reg. I'd be I'd be a spokesman for toothpicks if I could get some <laughs> money out of it. And also Bill Engvall, he's he's a good comic too. Yeah. You just think of here's your sign. Because they in that, that time probably you needed, probably blue collar comedy did not ingratiate itself to me to largely be based on you better have a catchphrase if you're gonna get into this. Right, but that's what comedy was at that time. It still kind of is. You need a gimmick. If you have a gimmick or a catchphrase, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's accessible to dumb people 
So they jump hey, on board. All you people who like the gimmick ones, you're dumb. You are. I hear it? I'm. You're I'm dumb. not trying to be rude, but you're, it's because you're dumb. Only leave it to the party with Travis Tate dares to say it. It doesn't involve much thought, so we think very little of you. And it probably. Why are you even up, listening? It Unsubscribe. backs up thoughts you're already having. Screw you! All right, we should probably get to Magic Mike. What do you What do you say? <laughs> Let's Magic Mike it now that I've preached. All right, um, I'd really <laughs> like to. I got some questions for John Goodman, if I may. John Goodman. All right, so we can do John Goodman. I'm Hang sorry, on. I need to collect myself. Let me after, let me wet my whistle of the vessel after which is expressing me. such such deep and bitter hatred toward people who like gimmick comedy. <laughs> you know what? People who like gimmick comedy. You know, live your live your story. I I was doing that for comedic effort. I was doing it kind of because it's annoying uh, to me personally, because a lot of the comics that have a gimmick are good comics, and they try doing it a different way, and that's not where the money's at. Nope. Larry the Cable Guy is a good comic. Everybody. What is his real name? Uh, Dan Whitney. Yeah. He's a good comic. All those guys that we just talked about are good comics. Carrot Top, he's a funny guy. But do you think if Super Carrot Mo- Top, do Super you think Muscle it, Carrot Top is never going to not creep me out? Yeah, it is. I don't care it's how creepy nice to look at with coming the at physical changes. Yeah. But he's funny. You got to admit, some of the stuff he comes up I with is funny. I haven't seen him. But it, the gimmick is what made him a millionaire. Yeah. If he was just well, he going does, up and talking about his prop, day, he still does prop comedy. Doesn't yeah, he? that's the gimmick. Yeah. But if he was just going up on stage talking about his day, would he be have a residency in Vegas for 15 years? No. Uh, you got to have that gimmick. I don't have a gimmick, everybody. I'm, I'm, apparently, I'm the bitter comic now. <laughs> That's my gimmick. Rick Arnie Grayson. Rick Grayson. All right. So we're going to bring in uh, Dan Connor, also known as John Goodman. All right. Here's the secret words. Strawberry shortcake. Oh, hello. Hey, John. Hello. Who, who might I ask is this? Uh, John. My name's Jake. Hello, you're Jake. On, you're on a podcast right now, John. A podcast? <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> thank you for having me. I, hey, thank you for coming. What's going uh, on? You know, I'm, you know, just stuff. Did you want to talk to me about my uh, acting chops as when I played Fred Flintstone? Oh, hardly. Or, I, or feel like, Ruth? I feel like there's not a lot I could really talk to you about your acting chops, only in that I know you've got exceptional acting chops. I have top grade chops. Yeah, you're a choppy kind of guy. My I, chops are the top of the chop. <laughs> you know, so Roseanne is ending, but f- like a phoenix from the ashes, the Connors rises. Rosie, <laughs> how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the Connors? Well, uh, it's a new opportunity for for the Connors to to branch out and have new adventures, as you might call them. Uh, other people just might call them. Uh, life situations, but we like to have a positive attitude around the set, and it's just it's it's an opportunity for all of us to make a paycheck. You gonna you gonna miss Rosie? Of course. I mean, she's been a part of my life for thirty years now, and well, it's it's a little sad how everything went down, but so, it, I mean, at the it, end of the day, here's a good question, John. Yeah, yes, Jake. Mi- are you gonna miss Rosie, or are you going to miss a Rosie from a bygone era? Well, that's that, it's kind of like uh, when you like, have like, adult children, Jake, I and tend to you, think you of, miss that young child. I tend to think of original Rosie as kind of a Blues Brothers, whereas a 
Modern Rosie is more of a Blues Brothers 2000 featuring John Goodman. Da 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 da. Well, here's the thing. Rosie's always been a little edgy. If, do you remember when she uh, grabbed her crotch and spat when she was supposed to be singing the yeah. national anthem? Yeah, I, I appreciate that you said supposed. All to the sing. people that wanted Boy, her dead back then are now behind her because she's making uh, right wing claims. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, people are hypocrites, and <laughs> I know the real Rosie, and that—that's a personal. Uh, relationship between the two of us and professionally we're we're at different places in our career and we're just we wish her the best but we're gonna move on with the connor family i appreciate that that's it you know what? i was in monsters a- inc jake did you know that oh boy did i my ever. name was Sully. oh man cry at the end of that movie every time i'm that guy boo. come here boo you know what that's, i'll that's take care of you you have an amazing body of work i have an amazing body you, also let's true <laughs> true uh, you know, you've been in these, you, you've had a great relationship working with Coen Brothers on several of their oh, movies. Oh, yes. I remember Raising um, Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're so good in Raising uh, Arizona. Oh, I was, wasn't I? <laughs> I, I was kind of running through stuff like you're, you know, uh, you're in The Big like, Lebowski? You're in Big Lebowski. You're out of your element, Donnie. You're in... Uh, the Flintstones. You're in the Flintstones. That's right. Not in Viva Rock Vegas, though. My best friend was Mike Wazowski in in uh, Monsters Inc. If you remember, yes. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Good old. That's Billy. right. Um, you were. I've been in a lot of things. I, I was. Know about some of the ones. That I was you were in Kong to. Skull Island. You're in Kong Skull. That's right. You're in Kong Skull Island. Cloverfield Ten. Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's like the, that's what I called it. I like most of that movie. You like most of the movie? Uh, oddly enough. All the parts with me in it, right? I was just going to say, once you exit the movie, my my love of the movie falls off That's an acceptable answer to John Goodman. A man. How did how did Dan Aykroyd talk you into Blues Brothers 2000? It's such an awful movie. Well, I was at a point there where uh, Roseanne had ended, and it was before the the resurgence you might say uh, with with monsters inc i think me some... you're forgetting about a huge role in arachnophobia that you played oh yes i was i was the exterminator need i in arachnophobia need i taught me i bring up king ralph king, king ralph kings king ralph is are we going to get into it's always hit and miss territory? with some people always yeah i worked with with richard drivers drivers <laughs> richard drivers anytime uh, as an actor, you get an opportunity to work with Steven Spielberg. You've got to take that opportunity. I think I like the movie Always. I just haven't watched it in long enough to verify that. You like it always or just sometimes? <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah, that guess, was that's the prequel. <laughs> you were... Uh, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie. You're in Speed Racer. That's right. I was, I was the How did you get talked into Speed Racer? Well, uh, there's this little thing called money, and <laughs> I was very attracted to it. Boy, John, John. It's actually gotta, a fun movie. Have you watched it? I think I think it doesn't hold up. That's a fun little flick. I think it doesn't hold up. That's just me. How did you get talked into Transformers? <laughs> John! John! John, stay with oh, me, John. Sorry, I was, I was choking on some uh, pills <laughs> that I have to take on the Connors. Boy, how did you get talked into Transformers the last night? Well, they needed, basically, they sent out a press release looking for a John Goodman type. And I was like, well, hell, I'm a John Goodman type. So I went in for it, and what do you know? I got it. Uh, I did like you in Atomic Blonde. 
Yes, I remember that movie. Boy. I believe the vessel that I am channeling right now has not seen that one as of yet. Well, John. Charlie's Theron, though. Look, aside, I will tell you this Yowzers. Oh, hey. What a talent. Let me tell you, John. Yes. Atomic Blonde. I, I liked Atomic Blonde. Good movie. Has a lot of good action. Also has a lot of good action. Oh, what, what's your uh, thoughts on Atomic Fireballs? You know what? I kind of like too much that. candy. I'll tell you, not you know, enough payoff. No, I'll tell you what, man. I like a good. Job if you put picker. if you put a, an atomic fireball in each cheek, your jowls will equal mine, and you can recreate <laughs> Boy, my voice. Disagree. Your jowls are legion. My jowls no, are I like a legend. Good, I like a good. Uh, Wait for it, Derry. I was not in How I Met Your Mother. I just was a fan. I like a good jawbreaker, and uh, atomic fireballs aren't that hot. They're not atomic mega warhead level. Fair know. enough. So, hey, when I came into this room today, did I think I was going to get John Goodman's take on Atomic Fireballs? Well, that's the no. magic of showbiz, Jake. You got a favorite candy, John? My favorite candy is Baby Ruth, of course. <laughs> I played Baby Ruth. Boy, how did I not catch that one? Hey, yabba dabba doo. You going out for Halloween this year, John? Of course. You got adult kids? You got little kids? Do you even know? I have grandchildren. Yeah? My, my kids are all grown up. You dressing up for Halloween this year? Well, you of course. You ever dress up as Sully? I mean, you've got, you've got that... Boy, you've had to have done that, right? As Sully? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way if you don't want people to know who you are. I have done it. I, I do, do it at Disneyland every whole, weekend. Yeah, Did you know you that? that whole Mark Hamill thing where you go to the Comic-Con? Uh, I actually go to Disneyland and, and portray Sully at Disneyland, and people don't know it, but it's a pretty interactive experience, at least mm. for me, especially when I scare the children. <laughs> Boy. There's a, no, there's a reason my scare numbers were so high in that movie. They... If, I was way better than Mike Wazowski, my best little buddy. You, know, you want to know what I'm going as is oh, Halloween yeah, this, year? this year? Well, of course. I got a hot dog costume I might bring out again this year. A hot dog costume? Yeah. You know who likes hot dogs? Who? Babe Ruth. Uh, that, that's not my costume, though. On DVD, people. Yes. My, my costume is going to be... Have you seen a little movie called Suicide Squad? I have seen it, yes. Well, I'm going as Harley Quinn this year. I've got the fishnet stockings. I believe I've lost enough weight. I'm going to pull it off pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, look, John... From one from one man, my milkshakes bring the boys to the yard. From one rotund <laughs> man who has lost a lot of weight to another, it's it's a hard it's a hard road that we travel. Of, you know, you do all the work, you do all the work, you earn it. You lose the weight, you go to the mirror. I'm a deflated balloon. That's all right. I mean, I do kind of look like a beanbag chair that somebody crawled out of. <laughs> Well, I'm healthier. I'm going to live longer. I'll be around to see my grandkids do amazing things. Well, John, I got to say, this has been a treasure. A it's, a, it's been great for I'm me, Jake. this, but... What's the title of this show so I can go back and listen to it? Uh, the title is... I cast you back to the Phantom Zone. Oh, 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 Rosie! He's never going to know. Holy cow. That, He's never going to know. How was that? Was, My throat is so raspy right had, now. It's so I had weird. A great time. I had a great time. He's a real nice guy. Oh, good. And I'm glad it's he was hard pleasant. Not to. He's got such a great body of work. Was he in Pleasantville? I don't know. He was in one of those. I don't know. Oh no! You know it wasn't Pleasantville. It was uh, matinee. 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 Yes, he was definitely yeah, in matinee. matinee. Yes. I don't. I'd never seen. It. I can only remember the uh, the poster for that movie. Uh 
I barely remember it, to be honest with you. You've seen it? It's a good thing you interviewed John Goodman and not me. <laughs> you just been <laughs> matinee questions, soup to nuts? It's kind of nice. I'm just able to zone out, and it's like I'm not even here. It's and relaxing. It is. I mean, hot seat. Gotta I always done. have to poo a little when I'm done, but that's showbiz. <laughs> you gotta poo out the ghost of John Goodman? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> well, everybody, I think that's an episode. Boy, howdy. This might be our longest episode ever. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Boy, hey, look, howdy. Before we get what? out of here, uh, I, of course, have to ask, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah. This weekend, uh, I'll be opening for Brendan Schaub. He's he's a comedian. He, he was actually an, a former MMA the fighter. Mr. Fighting Man. So you asked me a few episodes ago if there was anybody that I had opened for that could beat me up. Brendan Schaub would do it in 10 seconds. Well, I bet, uh, I bet he doesn't get a lot of heckling during his set. <sighs> seems like when he's been here before the crowd is a little rowdy but that's just i mean uh, par for the course you have sometimes to let me know how that turns out yeah i'll let you know for sure so get it on the way out the door he's a great guy though yeah yeah great guy cool on the way out the door as usual uh we would love it if you if you enjoy if you're enjoying yourself please like please subscribe please give us a rating write us a review love that kind of stuff if you've got a mind to talk to us, you can contact us at later to the tater at gmail.com. If you want to follow us, I'm I'm on Twitter for some reason at Jake underscore doll. Travis, what's uh, your info? Twitter and Instagram is Travis Tate Funny. I also have a Travis Tate comedian page on uh, on Facebook, but if you're not weird, you can just friend me on Facebook. If maybe the listeners we have are like uh 22 year old blonde girls from indonesia that keep friending me <laughs> i'm guessing that's where they're coming from they're listeners or something so uh yeah i mean thanks for the sunglasses uh the oakley sunglasses uh things you've been sending me that's wonderful and uh but yeah go ahead and follow me on on all that stuff and you can always check out uh the lineups at wise guys i'm usually there hopefully I'll eventually headline again sometime soon. So we'll keep you. We'll keep everyone uh, on the hook for that. So for late to the party with Travis Tate, I am Jake Dahl. Across from me again is, and I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never, Rosie. Rosie.